It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, to the Landry Football Podcast for this Thursday, December 10th, as we uh, all brought to you by Football TV, uh, got a great message about Football TV that we're going to get to a little bit later. I highly recommend if you're uh, sick of your cable or satellite, um, you really need to look into Football TV. That's F-U-B-O-T-V for those of you that are not familiar with them. They do such a great job um, with the streaming part of it, and it gives you everything that you need at a fraction of the cost. Um, you can cut the cord today, and uh, we've got a discount. You can get 50% off just by telling them that we sent you at footballtv.com slash Landry. No contracts. Cancel at any time. Uh, great, great opportunity. So we're excited about that, and we're going to tell you about that as this podcast is brought to you by Fubal TV. We have a few things to get to today. And look, we I always say this, and I mean it. We are at some point, maybe not driven, but we're going to be always um, not just respectful, but appreciative of respectful and appreciative of your participation and your um, your comments, your questions that we're going to address. So we're going to address that. Um, for those of you that are listening to us on part of the Radio Influence Podcast, we appreciate that. Uh, you can send us any questions uh, via email, uh, but you can also uh, learn about Radio Influence in this podcast by watching us live on Twitch TV. So um, we appreciate it. And we've enjoyed being able to do uh, a, a live version of this where you can see us do it. And then uh, uh, obviously be able to listen to it at your leisure whenever you choose to do it. We've got some game, some discussions about this week in the games as we like to do that. We're going to get to that. Um, want to remind you of a few things been working heavy and we've kind of tried to modify some things over at LandryFootball.com in that always try to look at what the fans want and get feedback. And so we're going to be continuing to do game previews. Uh, it's a lot of what we do, but we want to focus a little bit more now as the season is coming, uh, to cases, as we like to call it, 
to maybe focus a little bit on the elite teams in college football, the NFL, break down the teams, the rosters, and take a look at the teams that are in playoff contention in college, and then obviously do the same in the NFL and kind of focus a lot on that while still doing the game previews. We've got a lot of recruiting information, got the top 300 players that I'm not only going to tell you who they are, but give you the scouting reports of who they are at Landry Football in recruiting. Certainly working on the draft. Um, Certainly been busy with a lot of coaching search work. We are going to, when I can come up for air and stop the phone from ringing and the Zoom calls from Zooming, we'll get to some really good inside information over at LandryFootball.com about coaching searches that have taken place and some coaching searches and situations that are in the process or will be taking place. So we're going to get into that um, and provide you a lot of notebooks and everything, but also some individual audio posts that we just simply don't have enough time to get to in the various podcasts that we're involved in. Uh, Those of you that are members of LandryFootball.com or at least just go to LandryFootball.com and frequent it, there's a lot of free information and you can get um, this podcast as well as the other podcast. So you can get a good feel for what we're all about and what we're doing. But a reminder that we've got a holiday discount going on at LandryFootball.com. You can get holiday savings, less than $10 a month for um, a subscription to get all the inside information, not just the free stuff. But it's even cheaper than that if you take advantage of the year membership. And if you go and uh, take advantage of the holiday savings, what a great gift idea for someone. Uh, The heck with that pair of socks and a tie that he's not going to like. Get something for yourself. Get something for a friend. Get something for a colleague, what have you, a gift of football 12 months a year. So we uh, got the break. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the key games this weekend, and they are fewer and fewer on the college side. We've got some on the NFL side. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some situations, particularly at Michigan at Texas. Um, and we're going to kind of piggyback a little bit on the college football playoff conversation that we had yesterday uh, here on uh, Twitch TV. And, a little bit about um, how it should be, how it is, where we are. That I, I tend to forget a lot of times as I'm doing this, there are a lot of people at different age groups or even people with, um, uh, you know, maybe, you know, they're not as old. They haven't seen as much football, maybe hasn't followed football as long, that a lot of the things that are happening – are a surprise or they're not quite sure how this played out. We're going to go into a little bit of a brief history. It's tough for me, as you well know, of how college football evolved in terms of crowning its national champion and how it's evolved over the years. Cause I think that is important. And that's kind of where I want to start with, with, the whole process, because now the issue in college football that is going to make its round on all the shows is, is Ohio State derving, uh, deserving. Have they played enough games? Four best, four most deserving. 
What is it? How is it? What should it be? You've heard me discuss. There's no real organization um, on the national college football level. And, you know, when I say there should be a de facto commissioner or something, I am not talking or seeking someone that will run the sport. I don't think that is the case. And, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't run the NFL. But, and while I know people are not happy with government, at least it's not a di dictatorship. And if there's one thing that can protect at least from a governmental standpoint, and I'm not a political person, uh, and people that are more learned about politics can maybe do pros and cons, and I really appreciate not getting into it because I don't really, not into it, I'm using it in an analogous way, but but when you, you have a um, Senate, House, <clears throat> you've got, you know, presidency, you've, you've got a lot of people involved in if there's one thing that maybe is good potentially in colleges, you usually have a board so that you can prevent somebody from going rogue. Um, but yet it's much more complex and it, it makes for some interesting decisions. And I, have been a belief that college football is something that um, should be looked at from what's best for the entire sport. That is not the way it is. Uh, it is all for one and one for all. And I do say, and I certainly have a long history in college football, but also have now a long one in, in the NFL. And one of the things about the NFL when it started was it could have been very easy for the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears to say, um, we're in elite cities, large population bases. And of course, television wasn't the big thing back then. There wasn't big money in television. There wasn't. Television wasn't as big as it is now. It didn't monopolize our lives like it does now. But you still had an element of, hey, look, if this is going to work, meaning the leak, um, we need to be one for all and all for one from a business standpoint. We might want to beat each other's brains out in on the field, but we need to create a competitive environment. Because if we don't have somebody to play, we're in trouble. Now, that's the NFL, and it's what made the it's made the NFL unique. Now you you know so the revenue sharing, and yes, there is some examples of teams that are, do a better job of creating alternative revenue within their cities, and they're certainly advantageous for what we call cash over cap in the NFL. But what I mean by that is that it it's basically if it was today's world if if we'd have a pro league and we'd have the owners of today starting the league and making those decisions they'd very much would be I, I you think Jerry Jones gives a damn about anybody other than him of course not
It's what's best for the league as how it helps his team. And shouldn't point out just Jerry. There's a lot of owners that think that a lot of them that are old school think league first. Um, because not just Jerry, Tex Ram was absolutely the Cowboys have always been kind of Cowboys first. And they're not the only ones, but there there's some organizations like that. There's some that are league first folks. In today's world, you just don't get that. You you see politically, people don't think that way. People don't think about what's best for everybody. It's what's best for me. How does it help me? Well, college football happened a lot much more organically. It was a sport that started in the Northeast. And what happened was schools like Stanford and USC ended up hiring guys, you know, the Howard Jones type guys to come out and start a program at USC and get, let's bring this football over here. And then it grew a little bit. It certainly was not a Southern sport. It was, it was a Northeast sport. That's where it was started. And that's who played it the best. And late 1800s, I mean, it was Ivy League um, before it was even Army and Navy. It was very much Northeast. And then it just, again, coaches came in, brought their innovations, you know, West and then eventually Midwest and then South. And then it started to become a thing. So it's happening. It's grown slowly over time. But if you take it into kind of the modern age, pre-integration, integration, um, one thing that it always was, it was a sport in which you played it. You had a season because it was very regional because, again, it wasn't a national sport. It was region. You played it. You played your games. And then there, somewhere along the line, there were these groups, and AP didn't come into well, the voting for AP didn't come into 1936, but there were some other entities that decided even way back then and say, Hey, let's vote on who is the best team in college football. Kind of like USA today. I don't even know if they still do it. Vote on who they think the number one high school team in the country is like you, you know, it's just a vote. Here's what we think. Here's just a vote. What the hell? That's the way it was back in the day. Long, long time ago. Was, hey, you know, um, you could determine who's better between Yale and Harvard and Princeton. Um, but you couldn't tell about teams that didn't play one another. And then started the girl. And then, of course, you know, Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame started to travel and and by train. And they'd stop along the way and play a bunch of games and expose the game organically, not through TV even not through radio, eventually radio, and then eventually TV, but by people stopping, hey, this is really neat. We ought to do this on our campus. And then it just kind of grew like wildfire. Again, think about an age as tough as it is today where nobody knows what the hell's going on because you don't have access. It's not, it is the opposite of today, which is the information age. So it was always voted upon. Then, then we go into the modern era. There's, there's integration. And of course, all the integration did, it's changed who were powers and who wasn't. Um, you know, the Southern teams were good, but, but it changed over time. There was a time, and I tell this story all along, Alabama, Alabama went to Vanderbilt 
to hire their key assistant to come in to show them how to build a program at Alabama because Vanderbilt knew how to do it. and Alabama wanted to do it, didn't know how to do it. Oh, yeah, that happened. Think about that. Yeah, Alabama went out to Vanderbilt to try to learn how to put a football program that was relevant together. There's just so many great stories, and we're going to get into some of that in the quote-unquote offseason as time permits, maybe take a little bit uh, each. Well, we'll take several programs, and maybe we'll take, you know, uh, suggestions from you guys who you want to hear about historically, how programs were built over time and various coaches. But so things have changed over time. But there was a time where, as we go a little bit further, that you would play the season. You would vote. They would vote. People that vote would vote on who the national champion was. Then they played the bowl games after that. Yeah. In fact, people say, why don't, why did they announce the Heisman Trophy when they do? Well, I know they're moving it back this year because of COVID, but they did it because the when they first did it and announced Jay Burwanger in the first year, football season was over. Now they vote on it on the week of normally, this year it's different, normally it's the day of Army-Navy. So it's the week after the conference championship games. It does not factor in bowl games and playoffs. Why don't they? Well, because they kind of used to doing it at the Touchdown Athletic Club. It has a Christmas feel to it. And they decided that it maybe wouldn't mean as much to them or it wouldn't be as much of an event if they did it in January after the bowl games. Uh, Maybe that's when the vote should be. But again, you can't have the ceremony if you don't have the vote. So it's just done just because. And Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. It's just the way it is. Then eventually they said, well, wait a minute. Why vote on who's going to be the national champion? Because there are teams that would be awarded the national championship, go play in the Sugar Bowl and lose. They already got the title. They said, wait a minute. After a couple of those, they said, let's play the bowl games, and award the national champion. Man, and of course, you know the story. Most of you now kind of were getting into the era where you probably remember where you had, well, it became the two recognized championship voting organizations, AP, and uh, Associated Press and United Press and the National UPI, which is the coaches and the AP was the writers. And then, of course, we'd have these bowl games and they'd award it. And it was interesting in its own way because you'd sit there and watch a whole group of games, mainly the ones on New Year's Day, but even ones leading up to it. As remember, BYU won the Holiday Bowl against Michigan, a 6-5 and five Michigan team, but were the only unbeaten team and was awarded – the national championship, mainly because Oklahoma lost to Washington and probably had, well, if Oklahoma had won that game, they would have won the title that year. Barry Switch had a good team, but Don James really outcoached him and really had a good game plan. And some thought maybe Washington deserved it, but BYU went with BYU. So anyway, I digress. 
But you you sit there and watch all these games and think, well, maybe this could happen. Maybe, hey, look, if one and two, because here's how we play out, you'd have uh, an Alabama would play in the Sugar Bowl, and a USC would play in the Rose Bowl, and a Michigan would be in the Rose uh, in um, um, uh, in another bowl. You'd have maybe a third uh, uh, a third team in a Cotton Bowl, Notre Dame in a Cotton Bowl. And then, well, what would happen if both Alabama and USC could? three get in what about four because very often one two three and four none of them were playing the other so you had to kind of gauge this and gauge that and then of course it became no 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 let's let's consolidate the bowl matchups to make sure that the alliances with the bowls didn't get out of hand let's Make it to where, and I'll get to your questions here in a little bit. I see them. We're, we're going to jump right into them. But it was, let's make sure that one and two can play one another. So let's, and it's, and so that became the bowl championship series, the BCS. And of course, now we've expanded the BCS, which was basically the BCS was a two team playoff, top two teams voted. Now it's the top four voted or selected. And so that's where we are. And I know a lot of that you knew, but in essence, it's always been selected. Somebody selecting a certain amount of teams. So while I can understand certain people's frustrations about what happened Wednesday with changing of the rules with Ohio state getting in um, or allowed to get into the big 10, amending the rules, changing the rules that were put forth initially. I'm really surprised that people are surprised. And I think people that have been around the college game for years and years are not as surprised as maybe people who just are looking at it from a sports fans viewpoint and maybe are not as old, not as experienced watching it and saying, you know what? This doesn't feel right because in the NFL, if they rewrote the rules at the NBA, it's college football's never been like that. College football, good or bad, like it, hate it. It's always been, we're going to modify it. We're going to vote. There's a lot of people think it should be a playoff and it should be eight teams. It should be six teams. It should be eight. It should be 16, whatever. We have it in other levels of football where you have 32 in some cases. You have 16 in some. So it can be done. It has never been done in major college football. It has always been some group of people voting on some group of teams. It just has changed from we vote this team number one to we vote these teams one and two and you go play. Now it's we vote or we select four and you go play and here's how we see them. And then we go. And so why would you think it would be any different? Because it is pretty clear that that's from a national perspective, how it's played out, but it's always been that way. Regionally, locally, all politics are local, right? So, Conferences will do what benefits them. 
as it relates to money, TV, status, playoffs, all those things, relevancy, which is understandable, probably the way people think politically that, you know, I believe in this philosophies because it benefits me or I don't agree fundamentally with that because I don't agree with it. That's kind of where college football has been all its life. And it's where it is today. It's just they're voting on different things and doing different things. And where it goes into the future expansion, it's still going to be voting. It's going to be voting on eight. Now, will it get to the point where they maybe make it a little bit more finite, where they limit the selection, which some people would like, some people would dislike, where conference champions get in, then we select maybe two outside of that or however that works. Well, you still might be selecting two teams or, you know, even in from a certain group, even though some may get automatic bids, it may be a little bit more college basketball, like with less teams, you know, everyone knows that what has been suggested and theorized about a better way to do it. And look, I am, um, I am all for, look, whatever they do, it's not going to change my passion for watching it, studying it uh, from all different re- levels and reasons, from a coaching and an analytical standpoint of helping college programs, from evaluating players, helping NFL programs, what have you. I, these are all things I love. It's like the NFL, the NFL, expanding playoffs, you know, it's fine or, you know, just I, whatever. I, I, I'm not as strongly opinionated on it, although I do have thoughts of maybe how ideally it would be. But then I can contradict myself or go back and say, Chris, I don't agree with Chris doesn't agree with Chris on this because I think it's difficult. It's difficult when you deal with it. I will say this, that I think people try in college football, they've always tried to put a Band-Aid on the problem and or put makeup over a, a, a blemish instead of going to the heart of the matter. Um, as I say, don't sheetrock over a problem and think you're going to fix the wiring behind it. It's not the way it works. I do think that there needs to be in college football is slow to change. And when they change, they change incrementally. So one of the things that needs to happen in my view is to look at, does there need to be a separation between major college football, the power five and group of five, for example. But then again, if you do that, is there a path for a group of five program that operates fiscally and fundamentally on the football field better than some power five teams? Is it more along the lines like the Premier League soccer where you earn your way into the upper level and you work your way out of it? You know, that's something that is so drastic. I don't think I'm going to live to see anything like that happen. But that is a potential problem with that. But yet, there is no path 
for a potential group of five team that is good enough. I am not going to tell you that Cincinnati is one of the four best teams in the country. They are not. Neither was Central Florida. But the fact that they don't have a path is is probably fundamentally wrong. I don't agree with them claiming a title that they didn't earn, but I also don't agree with the fact that there should be an opportunity there to get in. It is difficult. And part of the issue and part of the way to fix it is not to have these big cosmetic changes over the top, but is to fundamentally say, okay, here's how it needs to work. And I do think scheduling, and I do think how we schedule, how far in advance we schedule needs to be looked at. <clears throat> Certainly you got to play your conference, but if, as we expand leagues and we've got less and less conference games, we need to make those games that are not your conference games to be more of good against good. And you don't know who's going to be good five or six years from now. You might play, heck, you might play a notoriously power program, historically power program that may be really down in six years. You might take someone that is really down that's really good now. I mean, historically, you'd love to play Indiana any day of the week. This year, they're a pretty good team. And you better strap it on. And you better be pretty good to beat that team. So what we don't know is on a given year-to-year basis. What we do know is that if we play the conference schedule and have your conference games, and I believe make the out-of-conference games, and and look, I'm of the belief that maybe have a game that's a little bit soft week one, get into your conference, play your conference, And I've always said, have the bowl games and put the best matchups. I'm not going to go into that again. Those of you who heard it, you're probably rolling your eyes, not him again on that. But I do think there is not only room for that, but there's room for scheduling, perhaps, some games, uh, uh, you know, where you can say, hey, look, if you see that, I don't know. Let, let's look at an example of might be a good matchup um, that, that was not on the schedule but would make sense now. If you're looking at it and you said, hey, um, what's people look at? If people in this year, it's it's a bastardized season, pardon the expression, because of COVID. But, you know, if you're looking at, you know, uh, if you're trying to make some determination between an A&M and Ohio State, well, you know what? You could satisfy that in a bowl game. You could also satisfy, hey, is Cincinnati good enough? Well, Cincinnati, I think you can make room on the back end of their schedule. Maybe Cincinnati can play in Iowa State or in Indiana or someone um, after their conference championship game, pre-bowl games, and then earn their way into a better bowl game based upon beating a good opponent. And then by earning that better bowl game win, you can see if a Central Florida or a Cincinnati or a Houston or whatever the case may be, a Boise in previous years, are good enough that have earned it enough this year because it's all about who is the best team this year, who is deserving this year. And it is a lot about brands. It is a lot about who has been good historically and who we perceive to be the best. I get all that. That is absolutely true. Um, so I've gone on way too much. Um, 
can get to your questions here, but I do want to take some time to thank the good folks at Fubal TV for sponsoring this podcast. And I got to tell you, if, if you're sick of cable, like a lot of people are, then switching to Fubal TV for live sports news and primetime TV without the complicated contract is the way to go. Do you love watching TV but hate your cable company or satellite company? It's time to finally cut the cord and do it with Fubal TV. That's F-U-B-O-T-V. And you can pay less money for more channels. Want to cut the cord but you're worried about missing out on live TV? Get the best of both worlds. With Fubal TV, you can watch live and on demand with no bulky set-top boxes. It's really easy. So if you want to watch a show, you can get it on demand or you can get it live. So your sports fans are going to watch your games. You can watch it live. And if you like to watch a replay, you can go and find it and watch that game. Boom. But you can watch it live. It's really good. The monthly cost of cable satellites over 200 bucks. My satellite. Uh, I, we're not going to get into the cost of mine. Mine is a lot, but I have a lot of receivers and satellites and, but the monthly cost of cable just in of itself is a 200 bucks or more football TV, $65 a month to watch the same channels. And you don't pay for a DVR or an installation fee. Football TV is how you should be watching TV. Get everything you want all in one place for less than the cost of cable. Football TV brings you over 100 channels, cloud DVR, no hidden fees, stream your shows on TV, or on any smart device, mobile device that you have. They have the major broadcast and cable networks, so you can find all your favorites, including primetime TV and news. And with Football TV, you'll never miss a game. They have the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, Premier League, La Liga, college sports, and more. There's no risk at all to try it out. Get full access to Football TV for a few days for free. Right now, Football TV is offering our listeners here at Landry Football the free trial and 50% off your first month by going to footballtv.com slash Landry, all caps. That's lower caps, F-U-B-O-T-V.com forward slash L-A-N-D-R-Y, all caps. There are no contracts and you can cancel anytime. Go to Football TV forward slash Landry football for 50% off for your first month in a free trial. That's F U B O TV.com slash Landry all caps L A N D R Y. Let's get to some questions and comments. Um, I was surprised ETN didn't declare for the draft last year. Who is another player you think might surprise us by coming back for a senior season and electing to take a senior season. Don't know yet. Um, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. It's a good question. Eight, I think the thing that you have to understand, while a lot of guys will come out, look at the teams that think that perhaps um, the players think that they've got a chance to, you know, to compete for a championship. And I, I think in a case of a say a Trevor Lawrence and ATN is different because Trevor um, had to come back, ATN didn't. Uh, and there's some others that they've hung on to because they're competing for championships. There are a few. Jig's dad, um, thanks. He cheered us 100 bits. We encourage you to do that. Sign up. Um, and appreciate you doing it. Uh, a lot of uh, 
nominate uh, for college football. Sorry. Okay, thanks. Got enough jobs. Do you think there will be a major conference realignment with five to ten years for parity reasons or conference one does isn't completely dominant year after year? I've heard a little talk about changing to power four to match the playoff model. Uh, there's nothing imminent on that, and it it's not as simple as who who's going to do it. There is no – again, it's not like the NFL at an owner's meeting where they're all going to get together and decide they're going to do something. So who's going to do that? I mean, so – the power four would be that the big 12 would stop being a power five. What do you think they're going to say? We don't want to be in the power five. Of course not. That would have to happen organically. It would mean Texas would have to leave, go somewhere. Oklahoma would follow. And then you'd have a couple of others and then it'd be a scramble and you'd have a power four. So is that going to happen? Well, it was threat of that happening a few years ago. Texas and Oklahoma were in deep negotiations with the Pac-12, and it fell by the wayside. Let's wait and see what happens when the Longhorn Network with ESPN contract completely runs out and what Texas wants to do, how they want to do it, and what follows. It's possible. It's been discussed, but again, there is no, it's not like, you know, sure, the, the the commissioners of the five conferences certainly can have discussions, but they don't have all the same agendas, and that's an issue. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, all in favor. Okay. Stan Crocky is me first guy jerk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got that. And uh, – Jigsad lives. I, I keep forgetting. It's unusual because Jigsad's a Giants fan, and not and that's not unusual. And the Syracuse grad, that that's not unusual, and it's not unusual where you live. But I he lives in St. Louis, so he would he would know and has close favor to that. Uh, again, appreciate uh, Wood checking, cheering one hundred. Really appreciate that. Um, do we have a coaching drought now? Look here, there are currently no replacements for Herman. Well, here's the thing. They're people, they're, they're good coaches, and they're good hires. There's not a coaching drought, no. There is a drought of people that know how to identify and hire good coaches. So the issue at Texas, and I'm going to get into that. Let's go ahead and get into it. Um, just hold on a second. I'll get into that a little bit. Texas, their boosters are the ones that we're going to go out and get Nick Saban. Well, they were being used for leverage by Jimmy Sexton and, and, and Nick, and Nick wasn't going to take his name out of it until he, you know, hey, I'll get more out of Alabama. That's how it works. That's how agents do it. He was never considering going to Texas, but in order to make it work, the leverage work, you got to make them think you are. All the Texas folks thought they were getting Nick. I mean, I, I was, was, we were talking about that, not on this forum, but on other platforms. That wasn't even a possibility. Um, Urban Meyer wasn't really considering it, but you know, that they think they're going to go out and get him. Well, it's not like he's the only good coach. He's not like he's the only option, but can they agree on option? And when you have guys that are publicly out there as boosters that will, you know, try to spread their wings and say, we're getting rid of this guy. We're doing this. We're doing that. And they strike out, or they're they're not in alignment. 
well then now you 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 don't handle it that way you have to keep things as much in house as possible because you don't know what you're going to do so now it is a virtually impossible to go back to profess your love to Tom Herman for one more year i mean this is the whole lsu last mile situation right oh yeah you know now they <laughs> they ended up having to get rid of them. so you're going to have to do it so Who's your big name? Well, get your act together and and have the people that are capable or listen to the right people and don't have your egos. I want this guy. I want that guy. That That is the biggest problem that they have there. There's not a, a shortage of coaches, but there's a shortage of people that know how to. Um, believe uh, in 59, Syracuse was number one national champion, played Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Um, it, it happened in the early six. In fact, Notre Dame, for all their titles, pre-70s, pre-era, uh, Notre Dame did not play in bowl games. It was, it was like beneath Notre Dame to play in bowl games because that was an exhibition. We don't do that at Notre Dame. In fact, it was 69 the year because LSU was going to go to, um, I think it was the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. And a great team. And Notre Dame decided abruptly that they're going to play in the bowl game. Boom, they went and got him, and LSU was left out in the cold. Um, it, the, the, um, the playing, uh, the awarding the team after the bowl games came out in the 60s, but – it was a, a gradual process because, again, Notre Dame, when Notre Dame won titles in the 60s, they, they weren't playing in bowl games. So it was really more of truly a cut the ties in the 70s. Uh, if the college playoff committee, the one who decides the bowl arrangements, is the college football committee, the one who decides the bowl arrangements, and then when voting for the playoffs takes place, who needs to be convinced to put your um, – the college football playoff committee ranks the top 25 included in that of course is the four that's in the playoffs there are some and they do not make the bowl matchups but there's some criteria that the bowls state for themselves about highest ranked positioning which is why they go to top 25 so the bowl games and the conjunction with the conferences and the tie-ins basically determine what are some of the options are. Why is that? Because the only thing that matters is the playoffs. And so they're not looking for the best matchups for competitive stake, but they're looking for the best way to get as many of our teams in our conference into bowl games because all those bowl games bring in money, right? And everybody gets a cut. So we got to have our second-place team here, third place, fourth place. So all the tie-ins, that's part of it. And there's no revenue sharing. I want more teams. I want more of my teams. I don't care what the record is. We're better. We're better than you, and you're better than me, and I want more, more, more because I get more of the money coming. That's part of the issue. Um, 
what needs to be convinced to put your plan in place. Well, here's what's going to happen. They're going to do something similar, not quite the same. What they're going to do eventually is go to eight. And what they're going to do is just do it the way they're doing it and then pick eight. And maybe they will select the best eight, or maybe they will award the conference champion in the five power conferences. And maybe they'll give the top group of five team in a spot. And then that would put two at largest, but do you do it in a straight way there? What if there's no group of five team that is worthy? What if there is a power five team that wins a league that is not worthy of being in there? And that has happened and will happen. Do they say it doesn't matter? You win your conference, you're in the power league. If you're rated the highest group of five team, you're automatically in. I mean, they could do some combination there. They're going to do that, and they're going to have more teams in it, and I don't think the matchups are going to be all that good. Still going to end up with the teams that are there, but what they're going to do is instead of using the bowl games, they're going to take, well, they'll use the bowl games. They'll use eight teams. So instead of two bowl games and then the championship game, which they have now, two bowl games really matter. Like the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, that's the premier games this year, right? That's January 1st. That's the semifinals. Well, then you're going to have four bowl games that are going to be big. And so I don't know if they'll do two on New Year's Eve and two on New Year's Day, how they're structured, it, but it'll be something along those lines. So four bowl games are going to be the big prizes, and I'm sure they're going to leave openings to rotate it. So if you want to bid on it, let's say it's, you know, everybody says, well, it's that means that every year the rose, orange, sugar, cotton are going to be there. No, no, no. You got the Fiesta, you got the Peach Bowl, and you bet they're going to allow them to – Make your bid, raise your bid, go in and we'll we'll rotate it, but it's going to be about money. And so the four bowl games are going to matter. So you'll have more bowl games that are matter than you do now Four, but they'll still be part of the playoff picture. They're not going to do what I suggest. I'm not saying what I believe so that they change it. They're not going to change it. They don't believe in what I believe in, and that's not going to happen. But who would need to do it? It would need to be, you know, the five conference commissioners, um, you know, to, and, you know, the presidents of those universities in those conferences say, yeah, this is a good idea. We like that. Landry's on to something. Let's do it. They don't, they don't see it that way. I think the issue is to not have more teams in the playoffs. I think that the, the key is to have more good games where you can then better assess who is most deserving and then put the teams in. I'm fine when we go to eight. I'm fine when we go to six. I'm fine when we keep it where we are. Let's do whatever. That's what's going to happen because it's a simple model. It's thinking outside the box to go where I'm thinking. They're thinking in terms of we're just going to expand the way we're doing it. That's how I seeing it happen. Um, what do you think of the will all hire at Southern Miss? Hey, uh, 
Which Ed King, Ed, thank you for asking that because I haven't really addressed it in, other than on Landry football. Sounds like they've somehow increased resources for assistance and recruiting. Southern Miss has got a lot of potential, not tons of money, but they've got a little bit of money. With the league getting a little bit more money, it helps them. That is a football historically rich place for getting and developing players. Will Hall is very bright, young offensive mind with a lot of ties in that state, with a lot of um, uh, understanding of how to go about getting things done there. I like it. I think it's a really, really good hire. Uh, let me get through a few of these so we could go. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. I miss a couple of things. Um, uh, imagine if there's a playoff system in 2008, there were so many one loss teams and one team that finished undefeated wasn't in the national championship. No, there's, there's a lot of things would be different, which, people think would, you know, minimize the importance of the regular season, which is why I want to make the regular season important and build off of it and say, Hey, look, you've had a good year, but your schedule is this let's, let's create these matchups in the bowl game. So every year is going to be different, right? Every year two might be the right fit. Some years like this year, three is the right fit. Well, you can't have a three team playoff. You can't have two, but you can have bowl games and then you can pick the teams. I think you can have bowl games and pick two teams and I think the bowl games would give you a good feel for it. Um, but, you know, that's uh, not going to go into that. I would for be for any system that results in more of the ranking discussions being settled on the field, whatever that looks like. Yeah, good points there. I heard a very respectable quarterback coach recently say that the eye test tells us that how uh, I stayed as a top 14 when asked when he knew this, his response was before the season started is this what the eye test. I heard a very respectable quarterback coach recently say that the eye test tells us that Ohio State is a top four team. When asked when he knew his, this, his response was before the season started is this is what the eye test has become. I can't speak for anybody else. I did think Ohio State preseason was one of the four best, but that doesn't mean I have thought a team looked like one of the four best on paper going into the season and then doesn't even look like a top 10 team during the course of the year. So I can look at it and see, look, this is because everybody wants to know who do you think is going to be this? I don't know until I see him play during the season, but I got to know, I got to know. Tell me who's the best. Tell me, tell me, tell me now, please, please, please. Well, um, I think these are four best, but sometimes the film during the season takes you in a different area. So uh, I can't speak for anybody else. And, and maybe that is the case in some cases. That's, that's not how I, I believe in it though. Um, what, Trevor come back strictly to avoid being a jet. No, he will come out. The Pac-12 would stop being the power five. No, the Pac-12 would not stop being the power five. The Pac-12 is in better position politically and uh, eventually powerfully. The Pac-12 is, you know, in a position to hang on because they're not really in danger of losing anybody. The most vulnerable conference is the Big 12 because the Big 12 if Texas were to leave, the Big 12 dies politically, financially, because Oklahoma would be the, the the twin brother in business that would leave. That doesn't case. USC is has no interest, no desire to leave. The, the Pac-12 is just not good right now. But in terms of structure, even with bad commissioners and all that, they're, they're very solid as one of the power leagues. May not – be good enough to have a team in for a while. Don't know. You're thinking football, but no, the pact, 
the, if if the Pac-12 was going to be a stop power five, it wasn't like any of the Pac-12 schools were thinking about going to the Big 12. The Big 12 schools, Texas and Oklahoma, were thinking about going to the Pac-12. That's the difference. People were trying to move into the SEC, moving into the ACC, moving into the Pac-12, moving into the Big 10. They're not thinking about moving into the Big 12 unless you're a West Virginia type trying to move in. Um, will Pete Golding be a head coaching candidate? So I'm the mix earlier for the Southern Miss job. Uh, probably not yet, but um, will Muschamp consistently put players in the NFL as a player's coach? What's his future to see him where he continue to help these college? Will's got a lot of money coming to him. I think he'll be very selective where he wants to go. Head coach is not uh, likely. Is it feasible for a group of five specific playoff? Yes, I think it is. I think you can do that using – if you're, you're not going to have a path into the uh, national playoffs, then I think the path should be use the other bowl games, the smaller bowl games, as playoffs for two teams, four teams, and the group of five. Absolutely. One of, um, Let's see here. Uh, all these guys want to become famous. Hey, all these – all my followers are famous. Uh, the heck with uh, with all that. Um, so no, really good thoughts, really good questions there. All right, let's get into before we got to call it. We've got the guys with, uh, in defense of the big 12 coming up here in a little bit on Twitch. Um, but this week, the things I'm looking for in, in the, the college slate, um, there's not a whole lot of intrigue. It is with the loss of certain games. And look, even if we had Ohio state, Michigan, not a lot of intrigue on how that game was going to come out. Wasn't it? I mean, it not really, um, you know, there's in Alabama, certainly taking care of business against Arkansas. They're a lock to make the playoffs. If they beat Arkansas this week, um, I am curious, maybe as much as anybody, the North Carolina, Miami game, I think it kind of tells where those programs are uh, is really interesting. Um, I'm intrigued a little bit Wisconsin, Iowa, just because uh, curious how those teams play very, very similar, but doesn't have a lot of intrigue. I think you got to look to other things like, you know, uh, Tennessee Vanderbilt, hoping that game plays and Jeremy probably needs to be impressive to, I mean, it's going to be a tough off season. It's going to be a real tough off season. If you lose the Vanderbilt, um, LSU, Florida, not much there. Florida just romps and gets ready for the conference championship game. I, I think there's some intrigue with Auburn, Mississippi state. I don't think it, it it's in the best interest of Gus Malzahn to lose that game. That's for certain Th- there's not, you know, I mean, Virginia, Virginia tech, Arizona, Arizona state Friday night, Utah. College. Yeah. There's some, it's a lot of things I'm going to watch Georgia, Missouri, but there's not a lot that, Boy, look out. This is really interesting in terms of the playoffs. The playoffs are basically set. The only thing that's going to change it is what would happen in the conference championship weekend. If Florida were to upset Alabama, Florida, who right now would not get in, would get in. Notre Dame and Clemson, which is a really good game, but I think both of those teams get in. Um. Ohio State, that's not going to be much of a Big Ten championship game. They're going to be in. So Alabama's in. Notre Dame and Clemson are in. And Ohio State's in. Um, if 
Florida gets in, then you got to remove somebody out of that. And that's where it would get interesting a little bit. But we don't have any intrigue in terms of the playoffs, in terms of discussion, in terms of what ifs, until conference championship week. And if that, it would require a tremendous upset, which we've seen in the past. Uh, A reminder, going to be getting into a lot of the coaching search details. Post on LandryFootball.com. Check that out. Breakdown of the college football playoffs. We're running. I want to really quickly get into a little Texas, a little Michigan. Quickly, Texas situation. I kind of went over and answering one of the questions. Texas's situation is that they've kind of basically outside of the university and certainly that permeates through the board and through the upper level officials, university officials, they've basically uh, broken ties emotionally with Tom Herman. So it's tough for them to go back to Tom Herman now. Can they get their ducks in a row and go out and hire a good coach? It can be done. Will they be able to do it? Um, I, you know, listen, it's fair to question because they are uh, off out doing their own thing. It's why you need to keep things um, a little bit better under uh, wraps, but they don't do that. That's the issue going on there. And, you know, look, everyone said it's 100% Tom Herman is out. It's not 100%. I think there is a scenario because of how they screw up and how they potentially go about figuring out what they want to do. Um, maybe a little bit difficult in figuring that out. Michigan, there's an exit strategy trying to be figured out. Jim is floating his name out for NFL teams. See if anybody's going to bite. There's not a strong uh, group of NFL teams that are all that interested, but maybe one might be. We'll see. And Michigan's trying to create a scenario where if he can walk out, they don't have to fire him. They may make an offer to keep him and not have him on a one-year deal, but incentivize a deal. That's the plan there. Um, appreciate the fact you're loving, uh, the show and appreciate loving what we're doing here. Make sure that you stay with us and join, um, both Brad and Tyler for the, uh, in defense of the big 12 show as they talk all things, big 12, enjoy the weekend of football. And, uh, we will, uh, join you next. We've got the sec show. Certainly we've got the scouts. Eye football show. We've got this podcast, um, got Hook and Landry, so we've got it all for you. Check out LandryFootball.com uh, today for all the in-depth film room analysis of all the games, all the coaching searches, uh, the draft, recruiting. We got it all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.